In My Dreams, an Avatar The Last Airbender fic, written by Una Carita Feliz, and read by Dr. Fumbles McStupid. Rated Teen and Up Audience, with the tags Relationship Sokka Zuko, and additional tags Established Relationship, Nightmares, Hurt Comfort, Angst, Post-Canon, and Aged-Up Characters. Sokka wakes up sweating, his heart pounding and chest heaving like he's just run a marathon. He hasn't, of course. He's still in the same place he fell asleep, in the master bedroom of the Fire Nation Royal Palace. A palace that is no longer the home to the enemy, but Sokka's own home for six months of the year. The room is safe, familiar. If Sokka looks to his right, he'll see the door to their balcony, the curtains left slightly open to admit the faint light of the full moon. If he looks to his left... Sokka rolls to the right, pulling himself out of bed. He kind of hates himself for it, but he's not ready to look to the left just yet. He focuses on breathing slowly, in for four, out for seven, as he slides his boomerang holster from the ground and settles it onto his back. He'll step outside for a moment, just long enough to clear his head and calm his body, before he comes back inside. He opens the door to their balcony, immediately pulling the boomerang from the holster on his back when he notices there's someone else out there. The other person turns too, twin fans glinting in the moonlight, and Sokka exhales in relief. Commander, he says, slipping the boomerang back into its place. Suki shuts her fans, putting them back into the belt of her night robe. Ambassador? Some people think it's strange that the Fire Lord's bedroom shares a balcony with the bedroom of the head of his guard, especially when the Fire Lord's husband spends half his time on the other side of the world. But, as he steps up to the balcony railing and stands shoulder to shoulder with his ex-girlfriend and best friend, Sokka knows they made the right choice in having Suki so close. It's been ten years since their very amicable and mutual breakup, but her friendship is still invaluable to him. Couldn't sleep? Suki asks quietly. Sokka shakes his head. Nightmare, he murmurs. You? Yeah, same. Suki's head drops against his shoulder, and Sokka wraps an arm around her waist. Nightmares aren't anything new. Not to Sokka or Suki or the rest of Team Avatar. That was the price they had to pay for fighting a war as children. Sokka would pay it a hundred times over, if it meant his friends didn't have to pay it too. He gazes out across the garden at the moon, bright and beautiful, and so far away from the world she should still be in. She'd been in his dreams last night, she almost always is on nights with the full moon. She was standing on the steps of the royal palace at Agnaquilla, and she looked just as lovely and radiant as she had looked the night they'd first met. Sokka had jumped from the boat he was on and had run towards her, but he hadn't reached her in time, because Zuko had appeared from the shadows with his dumb phoenix tail and an ugly scowl, and he'd... he'd... Sokka inhales sharply, his arm tightening around Suki, he shuts his eyes and focuses on breathing. It was just a dream. The war is over, and they'll never go back to it again. The Fire Nation is not a threat. Zuko is not a threat. The war is over. Sorry, Sokka says, even though Suki never accepts his apologies. Don't be. Do you want to talk about it? In the twelve years that have passed since the end of the war, Sokka's gotten better at talking about his feelings but it still sometimes feels immeasurably hard to be vulnerable around his friends, to let himself lean on them in the same way he lets them lean on him. Still, he knows Suki is always willing to shoulder his burden with him. 
She always has been, and he'll never be able to thank her enough for it. Do you ever forget their good? Sokka asked quietly. He knows he doesn't have to clarify who he's talking about. Like, not in real life. But in your dreams? Suki's quiet for a moment. She exhales. I dreamed we were back at the Boiling Rock. She says eventually. Zuko, he... He... Sokka reaches his free hand over so he can hold Suki's hand on the balcony railing. I dreamt I was at the North Pole, he says. The words come easier now that Suki's in distress too, like an override switch has been flipped in his brain. Zuko firebent at Yue, burnt her to ash. He was turning on Katara when I woke up. Suki sniffles. He pushed you off the gondola, she says, words muffled by his chest. Tai Li pushed him. Azula pushed her. Zuko is Sokka's husband. Tai Li is Suki's second-in-command. Azula is someone who, after a lot of time in therapy, has risked her own life and comfort for Sokka, Suki, and their friends, time and time again. They are three of the people that Sokka and Suki love and trust most in the world. Three people Sokka and Suki would protect with their lives. And they're three people that once tried to kill them. It's not them, Sokka says. I know. Suki replies. It feels like it is, sometimes. Yeah, Suki says. I know. It can be hard to look at Zuko after Sokka sees him hurt or kill someone in his dreams. He always does, of course. Always accepts a cup of tea in bed and a kiss on the forehead when he wakes up. Always listens to Zuko rant about his advisors over breakfast. Always presses his lips to the corner of his husband's mouth when they separate to their own meetings after. And if he has to lock himself in the library in his few moments of free time, just so he can lie on the ground, stare up at the ceiling and disassociate for a while, well, no one needs to know about that part. I told Tai Lee about it once, Suki says. It was actually really helpful. She completely understood and offered to give me space whenever I needed. I'm glad I told her, but Zoo. But Zuko already holds so much guilt over what he's done in the past over what he did to Aang, and Iroh, and Suki, and Yue. He still has days where he has to be convinced that he is good, that he is worthy of love, that he is worthy of being Sokka's husband. It would kill him to know that he's causing pain to the people he cares about, even if it's not something he can help or control. We can't tell Zu, Sokka says. No, Suki agrees. We can't. Zuko would probably want them to say something, He'd hate the thought that they're hiding something so big and so painful from him, and fighting it on their own. But Sokka loves Zuko, even on days where he finds it hard to look at him. And Suki loves him, too, in a very different way. They'd never do anything to hurt him, and so their nightmares will stay between themselves. Zuko will never know. I have an early shift, Suki says, without moving her head from Sokka's shoulder. I should probably get to bed. Sokka nods and moves his hands so she can move away when she's ready. You gonna be okay, Suki? Yeah, she says. She turns her head to look at him. Are you? Sokka nods his head. He's definitely feeling better than he had when he woke up, though he's still a little hyped up on adrenaline. He thinks he can manage to go back to bed, though, even if he probably won't fall asleep for another few hours. I... He starts. Don't lie to me, Ambassador. Suki interrupts, pointing a finger at his nose. Sokka smiles. She really does know him too well. I'll be fine, Commander. 
Suki glares at him with narrowed eyes, for a moment longer, before she smiles. All right, she says. Good night, then, Sokka. She pushes herself off the railing, turning to walk back to her room. Her hand is hovering on the door handle by the time Sokka stops her. Hey, Suki, he says. She turns around, eyebrows raised. I love you. Suki smiles. I love you, too. She disappears into her room, and Sokka turns around to step back into his. He locks the door behind him, but keeps the curtain wide open to let in most of the moonlight. This time, as he crawls into bed, he looks directly at his husband's familiar face, just visible in the dim light. Sokka takes a moment to compare this Zuko to the one in his dream, to look at his respectable hairline, the wrinkles on his forehead, and the thin line of pale skin around his neck, where his betrothal necklace sits during the day and prevents the skin from being tanned by the sun. This Zuko is not angry or afraid or desperate to prove himself to a father that does not love him. This Zuko is happy and comfortable, loving and loved. This Zuko is Sokka's home. And yet, Sokka doesn't pull Zuko's arm around him as he turns to face the window. Sokka stays far enough away that he can't feel Zuko's heat on his back as he tries to fall back asleep. He'll be better in the morning. <laughs>